0: hello welcome to episode 175 that's uh a, a, a baker's dozens baker's dozen of episodes Ooh. a riot act alternative <laughs> music podcast it's actually not i just thought i'd leave a little gap there to see if any of you did the maths and went no it isn't it's not <laughs> it's not at all my name's stephen hill he's renfrey deadman hello uh did you like my little riddle at the start I remember it wasn't really a riddle it was just an incorrect uh, piece of
1: math <laughs> an incorrect
0: piece of information
1: um, if yeah. anything uh, I, I would have preferred it if it had been if it had had any element of truth whatsoever but never mind Okay, I like bakers though do you like dozens yeah I like baker's I dozens? like. I, uh, yeah because it's one extra isn't it I like really? I like the the concept of 12
0: or something I think mm. 12 is a nice number I like it so a baker's dozen's baker's dozen would be so 130 is thing it's been like I can't work it out. Anyway, I think it's a th- I can't work it out off the top of my head. But hey, if any of you know what a baker's dozen's baker's dozen is, mm. a baker's dozen's baker's dozen, then do let us know because we're always into maths. <laughs> we're into like ma- math, core and stuff in this show, aren't we? <laughs> Weird yeah. time signatures and stuff. So that's well, that's definitely what we're into hugely. Might be a little bit too early in the
1: record to be talking about maths and stuff, but that's fine. Um, I like well, it. Well,
0: you know, well, are we have we have we got some maths coming up later on. Then do you I know? don't think so. Not really. <sighs> oh, we might have in mind. Oh, we might have in mind. Oh, Ooh, yes, bad. yes, okay. yeah, possibly some math related so maths we're in britain uh maths related content coming up later on <laughs> to go along with that beauty Ooh, that you just heard on tease. the show this <laughs> on the show this week we're going to be continuing our countdown of the 20 best albums of 2021 and we've reached the top 10 we're doing numbers 10 to number six each today on the show which um will be interesting head over to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash right podcast and you will see waiting there for you right now as you go a brand new classic album podcast a brand new shiny classic album podcast that we do which you can sign up for if you sign up for our five pound a month tier you get two classic albums one picked by me one picked by renfrey every month plus the rioters reviews that we do for any other amount i'll talk about them in a second as well and uh we've just released one a couple of days ago on Block Party's debut album from 2005, Silent Alarm, which I'm glad that everybody who has contacted us thus far about that special, seems to be in agreement that it was the peak, the best thing to come out of that sort of amorphous blob of garage rock stroke, indie music stroke, whatever that post-punk revival thing that happened very briefly in the early to mid-noughties happened. Block party silent alarm, head and shoulders better than the competition. That's a fact. it's a Superior. Of... That's my opinion. It's my opinion. <laughs> well,
1: I kind of think it's a fact as well. It's uh it's a period of music which we've discussed a lot. Not really on Riot Act, but on Broken Records a lot. The indie landfill stuff yes. has come up an awful lot. Um, practically a catchphrase over on that particular portion of the show or that particular podcast and um yeah Block Party is an example of uh one of the diamonds in the rough and goodness me I mean I think the big takeaway for both of us from that from recording that episode and this re-listening to the record is just how fucking well it's aged it sounds oh, so, so good. good in 2021 it's, yeah so good
0: it really really does it sounds so contemporary better now than it did Uh, back then in my opinion it's great it really does i mean it sounded good then it did i mean not hard to sound good when you're next to a fucking rakes record or something (laughs) do you know what i mean but (laughs) but it does sound really really good still this is not the bravery that we're talking about this is a a far far better band and if you are one of those people that have just gone ah all that stuff's crap it's all the same absolutely not block party are the fucking best band. From that scene, but it feels like damning with faint praise by saying they're the best band from that scene because they're quite different to most of those bands, I would say, from that sort of revival thing, particularly here in the UK. And it does feel like damning with faint praise a little bit, but it's not meant to be damning with faint praise because they are so far, head and shoulders, beyond all those other bands that I think, you know they're just much better than them aren't they way yeah. better yeah this this yeah. is
1: an extraordinary album i mean mm. whether you're into the band as a whole or just this record this is one of the one of the albums you know those books they do 1001 albums you must hear before you die like this would yeah. be such a dead cert for it Absolutely. so there you
0: go there's that there's also the Riot Ears Reviews that we do you can sign up and suggest an album for any amount we do keep our eyes on that a fair bit someone actually suggested Silent Alarm as a Riot Ears Review and I was flicking through it and I was like it's better than that I'm going to do a full blown classic album that's how that happened so there you go make sure you keep suggesting records if you are on our Patreon page and we should say that we had teased the idea that we'll be doing a kind of big album from a big band at some point and it's coming, Renfrey. Now that Block Party's out, I feel that we can let the cat loose from the bag. Yeah. I think we did, we did it at the end let of people...
1: the Yeah, I think we did it at the end of the Block Party episode anyway, but um the... yeah. I'm I'm gonna be doing a double next on Pearl Jam, uh, verses mm-hmm. and Vitology. And I've been reading um I've read I've read almost an entire Pearl Jam biography in the last three days, uh from around that period to get myself up to I was about to say up to speed. Just remind myself of the story and fill in a couple of blanks really. Um so yeah, I'm well researched. I've yet to put pen to paper to put all the notes together, but I it's all in there. It's all in there. I just need to get it on a page and then we'll be done. We'll be ready. So
0: I'm excited to do that. I listened to verses yesterday. What a fucking record that is. Oh my what goodness a me. Yeah. What a great record that is. It's yeah. so good. So I'm very much looking forward to doing this. I'm gonna be chipping in oh uh, yeah here and there i'm sure they're,
1: they're um you know i mean maybe a conversation for off mic but they're gonna be long <laughs> those mm. are gonna be long podcasts an awful <laughs> lot happened that i kept forgetting about which is very controversial very very interesting um but you know i mean th- if any if any band deserve you know three hours per album or whatever i think
0: pearl jam are one of the one of the many who do especially around that time absolutely yeah definitely definitely so that is coming in a couple of weeks so go over to petunion.com forward slash right because we, I said you can sign up I those. usually don't like being
1: specific and this is far less specific than you tend to be but we will make sure that is out between Christmas and New Year basically mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah that that's fine with me and then we're going to be doing something I'm, I've picked something else after that which is also massive so I mean, you know an even bigger band than Pearl Jam yes I would say so. So, anyway, let's get on with this. Now, like I said, both of the two weeks that we've we've done our countdown, we do like to add in a little bit of extra stuff from a sort of end-of-year chat before we get into uh, the five records each that we're going to be talking about on the show. And previously, we have done... Last week, we did our most disappointing records of the year. Week before that, we did our favourite EPs of the year. This week, we're going to be doing a list really a big fucking list actually of our favorite songs of the year um renfrey you don't strike me uh, well you do but you don't strike me as a, an individual song man I don't. Yeah,
1: I, I tend to like to list, sit down and listen to albums. It's very very rare that I will just put on a song. Sometimes a song really captures my imagination, or you get that urge to repeat it over and over again. Um, and I will I will um, I will go for that. You know, I will take that urge if I so so uh, feel it at a particular time. Um, but initially, when I sat down to start making this list I was like oh it's quite tricky because I don't really think about individual songs it depends on the record obviously but quite often I don't think about individual songs let's say that Mogwai album I think of that Mogwai album as a whole rather than individual songs or the Dune album Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm. um but once I got started uh, I couldn't stop actually, uh, and I've ended up taking a few off of this list because I didn't want to keep going and going and going. Um, I could have done a list of a hundred, maybe even two hundred songs, quite e- well, quite easily. It would have taken me half a day, but I could have done it. Uh, I've actually now just got forty, um, and I've okay. I've picked and choosed very sort of carefully. Um, so as not to be too spoilerific for anything coming up as well. Uh if yes. that makes sense. Uh um, I've
0: I've got fifty and I should say in in that as well, nothing from my top twenty albums of the year is represented in these fifty songs. That's
1: kind of what i meant by yeah because yeah. uh, i had 50 but 10 of them were from my albums so yes um and i've just put mine in alphabetical order by band because okay. i'm not trying to say this one's better than that one or anything like that just wanted to say yeah that. um shall i do my list first absolutely you go for it okie pokey so first one um begging for trouble by afi um it was a few songs i could have picked from that body's record but you know what that great great record kinks of the heart by Arab brock uh, Average Death by The Armed. Garden of Cirrus uh, or Sirius uh, by At The Gates. Really surprised by that At The Gates record, but very, very mm. pleasantly. Uh, I Lie Here Buried With My Rings and Dresses by Backwash. John L. by Black Middy. Smiling Thrush by Boss Keloid. HTV3 by Bosk. Uh Right On Time by Brandy Carlisle. I know you're a big fan of that Brandy Carlisle album, but I particularly mm-hmm. liked that song. Renaissance by Brewer uh diana by chelsea wolf which is one of the uh, i think the first of two cuts i've taken from that dc dark knights soundtrack um which i just thought was wonderful
0: it was good yeah yeah
1: um wave after wave by cult of luna from their little mini ep well mini lp whatever the fuck it is Mm -hmm. heart attack by dave extraordinary song extraordinary talent Headlining Reading mm-hmm. Reading Festival,
0: fantastic. Um, Garden. Good lineup that, in it, <coughs> by the way. Just by the way, mm-hmm. bloody Reading lineups, good. How annoying! I want to go to Reading again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garden by Dinosaur
1: Jr., which was the highlight of that new Dinosaur Jr. record for me. That is good. Yeah. Uh, Smaller by Erdv What a record! That Erd record was mm. Dead Horse Cavern by Fawn Limbs. Push the fucking rock, sissy. By For Your Health. Uh, glacial plasma by frontier betrayed by gary newman a song about fishing by genesis Owusu. i could have picked a third of that record at least maybe Mm. even half as there's some really good songs on that record pyrocene by genghis tron (sighs) i'm gonna read the whole thing just because you read the whole thing during your review uh, our review a military alphabet (laughs) five eyes are all blind 4,521.0 kilohertz, six thousand seven hundred thirty point zero kilohertz, four thousand one hundred nine point nine kilohertz. Slash jobs lament. Slash first of the last glaciers. Slash where we break, how we shine. Open bracket rockets for Mary. Close bracket. By Godspeed You Black Emperor.
0: <laughs> I've I've got that, and I didn't write the whole thing down on my list. By the way, I so copied I'm glad it. You said it. I copied yeah, and pasted
1: yeah. it. But basically, the first song on the new Godspeed You Black Emperor. <laughs> the first like twenty minutes. Um Health featuring China Marino, anti-life, again from the DC Dark Knights. DC Dark Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh Sevier by The Joy Formidable. I really, really liked that Joy Formidable album and it, it stayed yeah, with yeah, me yeah. for a little bit. Uh Repeat by Julian Baker, right at the beginning of the year. Manpaco by Kayan. Living Legend by Lana Del Rey. Lake Fantasy by Lan loss Perfect by mannequin Percy. We mentioned them in the best EPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balcony Man by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Gold by Presto Mico. Um, I whilst I still struggle with Prestonico as a whole, when they get that formula right, when they're being a bit heavier, basically, my god, they they've written mm. some fucking amazing songs. And Gold is oh uh, yeah, brilliant. I should
0: have had that. On, that's not on my list, but that should have been actually cause that is
1: a fucking uh, banger. That song. I, there, there's plenty of stuff which should have been on my list and isn't. Uh, Mirrors mm. are more fun than television by Pupil Slicer. What a fucking incredible record. Uh, mm. Phase ninety by Quicksand. I could have picked multiple songs from that album. Self by Stephen Wilson. Again, could have picked multiple songs. Phil Spectre in Hell by Sugar Horse. Dirge of a Dying Soul by Tribulation. Kaleidoscope of Thorns by Voices. I Don't Live Here Anymore, the title track from the new War on Drugs album. My Heart Wants to Be Dead by The Wild Hearts, which I think is I mean Uh, you went on about how amazing Diagnosis is from the last Mm -hmm. album and it is brilliant but Mm -hmm. My Heart Wants Me Dead I think does that to me times too it's just incredible song and finally Youth Code and King Yosef burner was my uh, final
0: Good list, Renfrey. good list. I mean, the fact that there's some things in there that I'm like, how the fuck has that album not made your top 20 is pretty mental. Um, Let me go through mine. I'm going to start with uh, Don't Cancel Me, but this is probably my favourite song of the year. Jail by Kanye West featuring some very horrible people. But what a fucking song. I mean, it's just... I can't lie. It's a fucking great song. Um, Out for Blood by Code Orange. Yes, I'm not making it any less controversial. I'm sorry, everyone. Ooh. But Code Orange are still fucking great. And um, we didn't really talk much about that song. And I know the reaction to it. Some people have gone, oh, my God, Code Orange. have released a song that I'm not as keen on. And ergo, everything they've ever done now is is worthless. And what I would suggest to you is is that maybe you haven't... You've heard that one song and you've just gone oh that's what they're doing now i think maybe that's not just what they're going to do now hey don't ask me how i know that <laughs> i can't tell you but um maybe maybe code orange aren't just going to do that continually maybe they just want to release a big banging single and they did so nothing wrong with that if you like power man 5000 and i quite do so you know yeah
1: i'm gonna say I like un- underneath was one of the singles released from underneath and i've said mm-hmm. it before but but that particular song is my least favorite song on that album um it, i still think it's really good but you know mm-hmm. just just because it's you know yeah you got to wait for the album yeah
0: you got you have got to wait for the album um oh sinner by the body and big brave really really like that nice. record that nice. is a fucking great little um that- country beauty that was a great record. Great it record. That was a really actually. good record. Yeah. yeah. Turnstile Love Connection by Turnstile. Could have picked quite a lot of things from that record. I know a lot of people are pretty shocked that that's not in my top 20, but didn't quite make it. Teardrinker by Mastodon. Um, mm. You know, that is one of the clear uh, and obvious highlights in terms of when you first hear it you you get it i guess Mm -hmm. so i do like that uh slurpy slurpy sleep sleep by biffy Clyro. you know um not quite as good as checking checking your phone for football scores but (laughs) it's a really really good song um really like the new Baylor record and gateway drug is an absolute fucking banger on that record southern hemorrhage by frontiera i think is just like being beaten up thrown in jail um chucked off a cliff and bummed all at the same time it's just a fucking head fuck blooms of oblivion by emma ruth rundle i mean there's a few songs i could have picked from that record fucking lovely but blooms of oblivion is beautiful the mistake by employed to serve that record has massively grown on me over the last few months and you know i think at the time we were like "Ah, Mm. yeah you know this is really really good but it's not the employed to serve that we absolutely fell in love with but that's fine but the mistake is a fucking banger and actually that record is is really really good tyler the creator sweet stroke i thought you wanted to dance that massive kind of epic moment from that record i think is fucking great uh record we didn't talk about but if, we probably should go back to it and talk about it at some point the tradition by halsey first song oh, yeah. on the Halsey record yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll save that for another time but anyway that is fucking brilliant Anaheim by Don Broco didn't quite make, make it into you know it's not the quite as good as the last Don Broco record but that is a fucking great song you add this one as well John L by Black Midi mm. uh, really really good sounds like Prime has done it mm. Dad Vibes by Limp Bizkit <laughs> I mean the first three songs on that Biscuit album are really really cool and I didn't care much for Dad Vibes when it first came out but it has grown on me quite a lot A Colossal Wreck by Every Time I Die I just mm. think you know, I had that for the most of the year, and and I was playing it in anticipation of what was another very, very good every time I die record. Um, Twi- Twitching, lapsing by Four Limbs, fucking great, yeah. great record, and that is one of the most unsettling moments from a quite un- an unsettling record. Animals by Architects, one of the big singles from it, from that, from that, uh, that record, which um, you know, did sort of tailor. It tailed off a little bit for me as the year has progressed, that record. But I still think there's four or five really good moments on it. I think Animals feels like an all-time great architect song. Sleep Society by While She Sleeps, I think is fucking brilliant. That was a really, really good record. Don't Shoot Up the Party by Brockhampton, the biggest kind of kid and play early 90s house party moment on a fairly kind of ho-hum record feel it on by arabrot you mentioned arabrot i think that album's fucking excellent yeah. um another album we didn't um review at the time but is great black sunlight by almond hammer which is uh one of uh, one of the biggest growers in hip-hop for me this year i'd say that album has really grown on me a lot i think we decided not to do it because something else came along the week that it came out but i've listened to that quite a lot um I heard. I heard you want your con- your country back by Bob Villain. Yeah. Now again. Weren't mad on that Bob Villain album particularly, but there's a few moments on it which show a hell of a lot of promise. I think that's definitely one of them. Uh, The Beachland Ballroom by Idols, the undoubted highlight of a fucking excellent comeback album, which has really made me fall back in love with Idols. Family Farm by The Hold Steady. I really, really have grown to love The Hold Steady over the last few years. That is a fucking great song. Dance of Ixtab by Carcass, I think is fucking great as well. There's so much great groovy death metal on that carcass record yeah. and that is one of the more surprising moments on that record I thought Anniversary by Duran Duran yeah. not, the, not the live version uh, that I saw heard on BBC Radio 2 a few weeks ago where Simon Le Bon like he was just holding a hot plate while he was trying to hit the, the high notes. Oh, really? <laughs> not good but <laughs> oh, you know that, rec- that record it's Duran Duran I love them um, you mentioned <clears throat> the band uh, I've picked Wounds Upon My Skin by People Slicer again fucking Glorious, brilliant, skateboard like quite close to getting in my top twenty. Same. The Palace of the Devils and Wolves by Urn. Um, mm. could have pretty much picked anything off of that Urn album. It's mm. really good. A Blokes A Blood Soaked Symphony by Whitechapel, probably the best Maybe mm. eh, the best one of the Whitechapel are really good. Mm. Probably the best Deathcore band, right? And that is great. Uh, I picked Splitter by the Wild Arts because uh, I saw yeah. I heard it at um, download pilot and i was like wow this sounds really good and then i got the album and it was the one i was most familiar with but i think most of that record is really really good um that godspeed song that you mentioned yeah (laughs) all of it i'm not gonna fucking go into it uh footwork in a forest fire by injury reserve that record is really really good again we didn't get a chance to cover it but that that record is really really good if you like very very woozy disorientating sort of dub heavy hip-hop it's really good gsk by squid um Mm. that squid album was decent i thought um there were a few really catchy moments on it and that was one of them excess by perturbator and pig destroyer the ep that perturbator put out collaborating that song with a bunch of people the pig destroyer version of that is fucking awesome not heard Um, that yet that sounds interesting really really good now the branches creaking by tom vr i think i was really keen on there's been a, quite a few there was a few kind of electronic albums of the year and most of them i would probably listen to in their entirety but i have to say that was a bit of a standout from one of those records by tom V. I i thought it was really good grapes of wrath by weezer from okay human i wanted to pick something from okay human because i did think having gone a bit maybe you'd maybe gone in a little bit overly two-footed on Van Wezer last week I wanted to kind of redress the balance a lot and I do think OK Human is a really really lovely record yeah and that is one of the nicest songs on it uh, what kind of a rapping is this by JPEG Mafia fairly typical short sharp nasty ag- aggressive JPEG Mafia really like that Cosmic Pessimism by At The Gates that's the one where they went a bit Corrosion of Conformity and like you said Renfrey that album was really really fucking good uh, Born For One Thing by Gojira it's Gojira. Uh, Meteor Man by a standalone single by Billy Woods, Lil Ugly Man, and Your Old Droog. This is a wicked song. Like, if if you want just a kind of, again, real cool up-tempo, um, sort of electro-led hip-hop song, that's really, really good. Suit You Up by New Pink. I mentioned New Pink the week that their album came out, uh, or his album came out, and it's the Mars Volta done via Apex Twin and uh suit you up is a fucking banger uh kiss my baby by sitcom i think a few weeks ago again i mentioned sitcom and that album's really good and again it's kind of like like beck by way of car seat headrest mm. really cool uh portico quartet that album is really good mm. impressions um i think that's the title track of that record and uh, yeah and that's a, a kind of piano jazzy brassy thing it's good apollo brown and staley black light the first song on that album that we did again we didn't get a chance to um touch a review it but that album's really good and that's a that's a good song if you like that kind of uh posy posy hip-hop thing um done with drugs by the dirty nil could have picked a Ooh. lot of songs on that dirty nil record which came out super early in the year and I has th- managed to stay with me the entire time i think it came out on the first of january i think it did yeah i think it did come out the first of january yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great record, uh, really, really good, really, really good. Uh, Got you by Potty Mouth, who've split up now, but I brought that in. That's that kind mm. of alty Lindsey Lohan teen movie thing, yeah, and um, that sort of that riot girl super, thing. Mm. Yeah, super catchy. And finally, where the lightning strikes twice by mm. Foxing which I think is the best indie guitar pop song of the year. Hey ah very happy to Mm. hear you say that that's cool well that's no problem at all (laughs) so there you go that's 50 of mine um so we're gonna just crack straight into this 10 to 6 is it and i i've been going first i mean i can carry on going first if you like seems to make sense yeah it does so let me just preface this by saying never if you're going to send me a record right don't get all cynical about it saying that i'm not gonna like it (laughs) Don't say that I'm not going to like it. Just assume... I mean, actually, if you're on Rise Records, actually (coughs) assume that I'm not going (laughs) to like it. Yeah, maybe you can do that. But if it's anything else, don't tend to go, oh, God, sorry, you're going to hate this. Because you never fucking know. My number 10 is The Last 10 Seconds of Life by Voronoi, which is one of the most intense records that you will hear this year in any genre ostensibly it is a kind of alternative jazz record of sorts a post jazz record
1: yeah basically it, it, I f- think. It, it feels kind of wrong not to get
0: the word math in there somewhere well there we go math is back this is why i brought it, <laughs> why I brought it up um uh, I didn't really know, well, I didn't know anything. I didn't know who this band were. I didn't know anything about it. And I think you brought it in and you were a bit like, can we cover this? Just, I kind of want to cover this. And I think, and at first I was like, oh God, here we go. The Nauseator, 10 minutes long. The Outside <laughs> and the Priest, 12 minutes long. And it's got no fucking, they're just a fucking, you know, they're. Uh, no lyrics. It's another one of those yeah. instrumental bands. I mean, and ju- I put just, it on. just
1: for clarity, sorry to disturb. I, 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 I definitely did want to um, cover it, mm. but I, I was nervous about your reaction. So, which was basically yeah. what it was. So, yeah.
0: And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know what I've been saying to, to make you feel like that because this record is, it's not. Uh, the thing about this, about, um, this record is, is I actually find it to be. I mean, even if you don't get it. It, you will have an instant reaction to it. I think a lot of the time oh, yeah. when I when 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 we get when we we'd have like four or five days with a record, a post rock, if you you know, instrumental record. And although would go, I wouldn't this, say this is post rock, but but sure, no, 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 no. But 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 my going because this would be my kind of reservation to it, like from without knowing what it was. I would sort of go, okay, so it's going to be quite slight, and it's going to take a lot of listening to, and it's actually it's not going to be something which jumps out at you immediately and makes you go ah it's this you're gonna have to listen to it a lot a lot a lot and that can be like you know oh poor me boohoo you've you've had to listen to an album like a lot of times in five days like it's not the worst thing that anyone's had to do but at the same time you know i was always like ah they're quite hard to unpack a lot of these records and whilst i wouldn't say this is an easy album to unpack by any stretch of the imagination what (laughs) it does is it punches you in the face First time around, so fucking hard. I mean, this is a heavy, heavy, heavy record. Piano is a grand piano, which is basically what they use. Some sort of big piano sound they've got on here. That is a heavy instrument. The way and they play it, a, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is a heavy record. And those chords, those keys, those deep keys, sound so great. And and it is. It's mathy and it's inventive and it's, you know. It's often a complete and utter headfuck, in the same way as Mushuga or the Dillinger Escape Plan or the Locust are a headfuck. Do you know what I mean? Like it's jazz, but it's not noodly doodly chin strokey. This is heavy, hard, abrasive sounds that you're hearing from this record, and it's just over the course of the year, whatever kind of sadistic little nymph that lives inside my brain makes me put this on. I'll go out for a walk in the countryside and I'll put this record on. And I feel like I'm in some sort of Scandinavian horror film. Do you know like I'm about <laughs> like a like a serial killer movie. And it it's it's really, really affecting. It's really, really effective. It is just such a monstrous pounding of all of your senses. And I love that. I love music which absolutely batters you which takes you to these places where you're like I, I i never imagined that i was going here when i saw bass drums piano you know i think benfolds five benfold's I five, think yeah. whatever whatever the fuck this is like this is you know and when you say oh, it's a kind of a jazz it's like a post-rock jazz album and i was like it's going to be really pretentious yeah it's going to you know well it's going to be it had the potential to be really long-winded really pretentious very worthy and i actually don't think it's any of those things really i actually think that this is a full-blown shit kicker of a record in the most kind of challenging and abrasive way possible but it just kicks your fucking head in it's Mm. a really 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 interesting unique record and i'm not i can't think of another thing that i've heard maybe ever that sounds exactly like this mm. or even kind of vaguely comparable i mean the comparisons you could have either side <sighs> I, I you know i mean i don't want to say like oh it's a bit like dillinger because it's not even really like dillinger but there is that sense of on the song like widower by the dillinger escape plan where they go mad but it all starts with piano at the start mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. a sort of a bit of a sense of of that in it mm-hmm. um But it's still not really anywhere near the bullseye of what voronoi actually sound like and i think fair play to them for i mean i could under i I would imagine this would upset a lot of jazz purists it it does and it has yeah yeah and and i think great Mm. you know those those are the sort of people who need to who you, you want to challenge. You want to yeah. challenge the status quo in the same way as we always talk about metal. You wanna whatever it is, whether it's folk or jazz, you have these kind of hardened ideas of what a genre is that are really kind of constricted by these tropes. And any band who just takes that and fucking throws it on the floor and smashes it into a billion pieces, great. Yeah. This record's fucking excellent.
1: Yeah. It is it is a, an absolutely phenomenal journey of a record um this is going to sound like a dubious thing to say obviously we haven't been to as many shows as we normally do um this year but i think voronoi has the odd distinction of being the only show that i had to walk out of because i was worried i was going to be sick um i had (laughs) imbibed lots of alcohol the night before um and i was a bit i was fairly hungover and they were playing squiffy weren't you i was fairly squiffy they were playing quite early in the afternoon as well it was a bit much but i mean I, i genuinely i think if any music can have that effect on you you know hungover or not that's a pretty extraordinary thing um yeah. and i didn't i really didn't want to leave but at the same time i was like it was underground it was in a basement kind of area it was a it was quite hot and sticky and i was just like it hey. sounds lovely
0: it wasn't i mean it wasn't it's not
1: a terrible venue or anything like that it's no it's no, just... no
0: no i mean it. it that does sound love to yeah. me that sounds exactly where i want to see it <laughs> yeah. i want to see them in a smoky dark nasty cramped sticky smelly club with like you know red wine and and dangerous individuals yeah. surrounding them and i think that's the <laughs> perfect place to uh, not that i'm suggesting you're a dangerous individual Winfrey. Uh,
1: i was then i mean i could have been sick <laughs> on you um uh, it, was, yeah. it was looking quite likely at some points but yeah i i believe it was they introduced the song they said this is the nauseator and i was like i'm not sure if i can get through All ten minutes of this without being sick, so I had to leave. They were fantastic, though, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing them again when I am (laughs) not hungover and feel um, everything is okay with the world. Um, But yeah, 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 absolutely fantastic choice. I had a feeling it would be in here somewhere. I'm really pleased. I'm pleased, pleased that I was wrong. Pleased that the fantastic PR PR Jamie Otter was wrong. Um, You know, it's great. It's great. It's brilliant when music surprises you, or music Mm. surprises. you know uh, surprises you because you thought someone would hate it and they love it or something like that i think that's fantastic and the fact that he can still do that with us cynical
0: jaded old twats is pretty awesome yeah really really good so there you go that's my number 10 the last ha look it's even got the same thing number 10 last 10 seconds of life (sighs) <sighs> Voronoi. Maths. Anyway, that's my number 10. free continue.
1: My number 10 is a, a little bit more straightforward, although actually I think, I think Voronoi is probably one of the only albums that you could compare it to and then call it a straightforward album. I think compared to most records, it wouldn't be at all. Um, probably, quite possibly, the best debut of the year. I'm trying to think up the rest of my list. I don't think there's anything else above this, but uh serpent and spirit by uh a record that i really really took to this year i think an intrinsic part of the reason that i got into metal was because of the way that it made me feel it emboldened me and it roused me and it made me feel near invincible especially as a teenager that was um you know that was really important to me at that time and as the years have gone on that feeling's become less common when i listen to music i think that's just quite natural um and i rarely get that sort of all conquering feeling that i first had when i first nicked my brother's copy of unjustice for all and uh, sneaked it onto my stereo but urn's serpent spirit is the closest i've come to feeling like that not just this year but i think for maybe half a decade you know this album just came along and just pressed all of the right buttons for me in terms of what i wanted to hear and it wasn't doing anything new strictly it just managed it had the magic formula which just made me excited about metal again you you mocked me throughout the year for my proclamation that serpent the spirit is a better record than ride the lightning but those two albums i mean the specific reason why i mentioned it is because i think those two albums do echo one another in my mind quite a lot the fact that they both have eight songs on them uh two of them are a bit poop on ride the lightning i know that's controversial but you know escape and um uh, trapped under ice don't do I, I i think are noticeably weaker than the other songs on that record yeah um but Fine. you know eight absolute gems on serpent and spirit just kind of led me to go you know what i think uh, this is better than ride the lightning and then you took that and uh, brought it up all the time and it was just wow. an off-the-cuff comment quite, yeah yeah
0: It's quite got a mad thing to say i mean look this album was super close to getting into my top 20 this year super 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 close there are three records i think that can be feel incredibly hard done by that they didn't get into my top 20 and this is one of the three okay. where i was like i need i really need a top 23 really yeah. and this is one of them and it just and i mean i could have done with more to be fair, with but the top 40. yeah i reckon we could have done a top 40 but um but this was one where i was really like i have to put this in but i i, I just didn't quite do it um whether there's a song as good as creeping death on it I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. I think uh, for the minute. Well, I mean that's that's the difference. I would say is like okay, creep, creeping death in 1984, uh, and and this in 2021 are, are quite different beasts, if you like. Sh- but that's oh, taking sure. nothing away from how fucking great this record is because it is great. I mean, I mean, uh, I
1: will concede on that point, but I will say, you know, if you said to me, "Call of Cthulhu," "Memorial." which is the better epic instrumental metal song i'd go with memorial you know um in terms of that like straight ahead simplification of a formula in order to not necessarily package it up for radio but just a a straight ahead banger i'd take the palace of devils and wolves over escape you know sing me to rest is every bit as powerful as hetfield's suicide plea on fade to black in my opinion i think there are genuine like comparisons that you can make of those Mm -hmm. songs that are trying to do Mm -hmm. if not the same thing at the very least similar things and go yeah i think i'd give the point to earn you know creeping death that's a harder one i'll give you that but who the bell tolls title track. who the bell tolls is very hard as well Yeah, yeah yeah but you know but it is, I, I, th- I think they stand up remarkably well. Whether you agree with my assertion that it's better or not, you can see the reason for it. You know, it felt like, I mean, at the time, it felt like a very, I just plucked it out of the air. But the more and more I thought about it, the more you teased me about it, the more that I've realized that actually, even though it was plucked out of the air, the comparison isn't totally insane. Um, the riffs on this album are just world-class, like providing multiple hooks for the majority of the record I think that there are hooks that come from the vocals but I think the majority of the hooks are actually from the riffs and I think that's a large part of the reason that I absolutely love it even when the riffs are really dumb you mentioned the Palace of Devils and Walls is one of your favorite songs of this year and it's a great song Mm. but that riff that is a dumb metal riff that is yeah sad but true or like (laughs) you know it, it is but it's just impossible to stand still to you know like when it comes on um, there's no self consciousness to this album or earn as a three piece. Like you get the sense that they're totally committed to this path, totally committed to the music that they're making. There's no tongue in cheekness to it, but then at the same time, it doesn't feel cheesy or uh, just completely ott or silly. It feels genuine and real. Um, this album as i already mentioned hasn't shown didn't show me anything that i hadn't heard before but it reminded me why i fell hook line and sinker for heavy metal in the first place and as long term listeners will know i've been pretty disillusioned with it in the not too distant past and there have been a couple of records that have come across come this year which have made me go fuck me i forgot but this is the feeling that i get when when i hear this music um, it's the kind of record that will completely restore your faith in the modern era's ability to produce great, great metal records. Mm. And it's their first record. I mean, if they really can improve on this album upon album upon album, we could be talking about a seriously special band. Really, really pleased to see it getting decent spots in some of the album of the year list as well. I think it got 18. In Metal Hammer, uh-huh. um, you know, which for a for a brand new band, bearing in mind that those are, we've said this before, and this isn't meant to be a knock on those lists or anything like that, but they're, they're popularity contests in in that you know mm-hmm. the bit the, the more well established bands are going to get bigger places because more writers will know them. So yeah. the fact that a band like Ern, who are literally on their first record, who will play, you know, they're uh, on Friday. I know Joe's put us on the lists because they're. Uh, well when the day this podcast comes out just put us on the list because they're uh supporting orange goblin at the underworld you know they're a tiny band and yet they've got that placing on that list and i think they're on the revolver list as well Uh, don't quote me on that but you know i have seen them on a few lists and that's really really encouraging and i think it says an awful lot about the quality of this record that it has got those placings
0: Mm. i agree yeah it's a fucking brilliant record really really good i really do wish i could yeah, anyway, I didn't quite make it, but it's super fucking close. And now you're doing it, I'm like, Argh. And I've been, I listened to it again the other day, and I was like, man, it's this record is so, good. so fucking good. It's yeah. so good. Um, but anyway, that's your number 10. Uh, my number nine. Now, this is the year that I got into craft work properly, right? I got into craft work, and there's about three craft work records now that I really, really love. And I've spoken before about various. Berlin-y type things that I like you know we've, the, the the Bowie trilogy to Acton Baby to whatever kind of Krautrock thing you want to talk about that's become something which we've spoken about a fair bit that kind of Berlin sound and it's something which over the years I've just grown to kind of love more and more and more and more and certainly you know getting into Craftwork this year definitely helped when Bright Magic by Public Service Broadcasting came out oh, wow. because I had enjoyed the previous three public service broadcasting albums to the point where I actually brought one in early on in trade-off for you, yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. that you were going to really, really like it. And you were like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. fine. I liked it. Um, but, it okay. but and I was like, yeah, 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 good. And I got this. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I like this band. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what they've got. And at first I was like, ah, this is essentially – a kind of pastiche of krautrock, electro, craft working sounds, I guess. It's a love letter to Berlin, so that makes sense. But at first I was a little bit like, yeah, you know, I guess it's just having just got into craftwork. Mm. It's, it's got a high bar. Mm. It's got a high bar mm. that this album has to reach for me to be like, oh, you know, it, it's up there with that and it's not just a kind of just a nice pastiche of the sum of its influences Mm. about a few three or four days you know after listening to it a lot when we came to review it it really started to get its claws into me and I think we gave it a very very positive review when we reviewed it Mm -hmm. as the year has progressed I've just found myself going back to it again and again and again and all of the things that sound great about that German Berlin-esque sound that I really, really love. I actually think Public Service Broadcasting have fucking nailed. And yes, you know what? I'm gonna, a bit like you were just saying with Ern. this is not an original record. This is not a unique record. But what it does do is it takes that form, it takes that formula, it takes that very well-established sound, and it does create, if you create a love letter to something which is done not out of cynicism, or you know, if you create a pastiche or something and it is just done with absolute, the pure desire and adoration and respect of the thing that you're trying to recreate, that can often be as exciting as the initial spark that made the music that you're inspired by in the first place. Mm. And I really, really do think that this record is. Just beautiful sounding, just absolutely gorgeous. Really, really evocative of that time and um, and and that place and that period. And 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 it feels like such a such a warm, such a warm heartfelt tribute to not even just a, even more than just a, a city and a place, but an mm. idea. Mm. You know, the idea of what it is to be from you know Berlin and the sound of what that looks like what that sounds like what that smells like and you know I've been to Berlin a couple of times and I get flashbacks of the streets of Berlin in my head every time I listen to this record and you know occasionally as well there's just an absolute bang I mean People Let's Dance is just such a brilliant pop song and public service broadcasting are I wouldn't necessarily say that they were a challenging band previously. No, not particularly. They're actually, you know, they're actually fairly sort of you know, some of their songs were quite long and they don't usually have lyrics, they don't usually have vocals in them, particularly it was usually kind of sample led. But they are very good at whether it be, you know, the BBC or Welsh mining villages or the space race. You know, they are very good at kind of conjuring up sounds that That are very evocative of the thing that they're trying to do. Uh, I think
1: consequently they get like their stuff is the sort of thing that gets shown on TV a lot as well. Not like I don't know, um, uh, as music for a trail for some new Mm. nature documentary or something like that. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 and and actually, you know, that may sound like quite a kind of oh what a very chin-strokey worthy thing but actually i think they're a fairly straightforward band no, in a it, lot of ways it's accessible definitely yeah and it's incredibly accessible and i feel like you know this is a really accessible danceable fun engaging interesting journey through a city through the eyes of the people that made this record and it's probably their most instantaneous record because of it as well Mm. even though at first i was like yeah it just kind of sounds like they're doing a craft worky thing and then when i read more of it i was like oh they admit that that's exactly what they're Mm. doing and at first i was like do i need this well it turns out that actually yes i do need it quite a lot um i think this is their best record definitely and maybe that's because i'm more invested and engaged in this particular uh the thing that's inspired this album more than i am the others maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. but whatever the reason for it is i really really do love this record and it's massively massively grown on me throughout the year and it's just a it's just something again a little bit different from anything else that has happened throughout 2021 there's been plenty of 80s throwback electro rock type things you know there's been a lot of that but nothing that really kind of hits that nail so squarely on the head that public service broadcasting do on this record so I, I I really do rate it and if you are a fan of that era and you've not heard this record and you kind of you long for that sound, this is like a um, that with modern production it's mm. fucking brilliant. yeah, it's a very evocative record. We've talked
1: about instrumental records which will have a theme or a concept or something like that and you listen to it and you just go well that's great but i don't hear it at all that might have been what you were thinking when you came Mm. up with these songs and and you know hooray for you but um you can't accuse public service broadcasting of that at all um i think throughout their career but particularly on this record and i of the two that i've heard it is definitely the one that i prefer the most i'll take mm-hmm. your word for it um saying it's the best one but i thought it was i think you gave me the debut on trade-off yeah. and mm-hmm. i thought it was a significant i mean it's three records on isn't it? Isn't it
0: fourth record fourth record
1: yeah. um it's it's a significant significant step up mm-hmm. I i thought i thought it was a great album i'll confess i haven't really been back to it but um everything that you're saying now is making me go yeah i really should check that
0: record out again um yeah yeah, awesome pick yeah very good so there you go number nine bright magic by public service broadcasting that's my number nine
1: okay my number nine um people have really really taken this record uh to their hearts i feel like um diorama the second full-length album from denmark's mole Mm -hmm and to me it's obvious why this is joyous
0: what's a story of morning glory <laughs>
1: this is joyous powerful black gaze that makes you feel fantastic to be alive you know it has the propulsive heavy elements of metal but it also has that mountain you know on top of a mountaintop flinging your arms in the air or the final scene from Shawshank Redemption where he, spoiler alert finally escapes the prison I think we could do a spoiler alert for Shawshank Redemption For Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so yeah um you know it just makes you feel fantastic it's difficult not to get caught up in those really sumptuous melodies and the propulsive drumming of you know from the first song from Fracture right the way through and whilst I feel you're kings of leon analogy is maybe a tad too far-fetched i do totally get what you're talking about i do understand what you mean essentially saying that these are really catchy black gay songs and i'm not sure that anyone has done that yet you know alcest haven't done it deaf heaven haven't done it um and you know i think There are elements of these songs. I think there are entire songs that you could call dance floor fillers. I would have no qualms. I mean, I'm a a weird DJ, if you book me. I'm quite unorthodox. But I would have no qualms about dropping surf or photophobic on the dance floor at all. Um, I think a large part of what makes this album so catchy is the traded guitar lead lines between Nikolai Hansen and Frederick Lippert. They just are so happy they're such happy bouncy melodies and completely at odds with the dark rumbling rhythm section beneath the frantic drumming and king uh kim stern throat curdling roar. but diorama pushes the band to places they've not been on jord a record which i absolutely adored i think it was in my top five of 2018 most noticeably the introduction of a few clean vocals so kim's clean voice has this gentle sort of sonorous croon quality to them a lot of people have talked about morrissey already and things like that it's used very very sparing sparingly almost in a tantalizing fashion as if the band are trying to keep a few secrets to themselves which only makes the prospect of album number three all the more mouth-watering for me i think key to mole's identity and key to the fact that they have become so revered so quickly after such a small amount of time they've only really been on people's radar on mass past three years which is astonishing When you think about the quality of what they put out but i think the key to that is the way that they find both the black metal elements and the shoegaze elements and make them work simultaneously sometimes it's kind of like one, you know, there's a black metal bit and then a nice sort of ethereal passage and then you get another black metal bit. And there's actually plenty of bands like that that I really like. But Mole always seemed to be able to do both at once. And personally, I have no qualms putting Mole up there with the Deaf Heavens and the Alcest of our age at all. And this is just after two full-length albums and a couple of EPs. But what we've got from them is of such high quality and I was so enamoured with Yord that whilst I couldn't wait to hear this record, there was an element of me that was also a bit like, I really, really, really hope it's good. And I was so relieved when I heard it. I was so relieved because I thought it was further proof that Mole are not only one of the most promising up-and-coming bands in this scene, but quite clearly one of the best bands in the entire Black case subgenre. I would say.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, this album did not make it into my top 20, but I would echo all the things that... I suppose I would, again, once again, echo all the things that I said when we reviewed it, which is that this record is... uh, uh, What I like about it is the fact that... I mean, like you've kind of said about that euphoric nature to to, to the album is that you don't really... Yeah, I know people in both maybe shoegaze and black metal might be annoyed at the fact that yeah. this feels like a black gaze album for people who just want to have a nice time with their life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who just are actually looking for something for some music that's going to make them happy, that's mm. going to make them feel good. And I know those that, that that's kind of an anathema to to both of those subgenres, but you've got to try and fuck with the formula of of, of, like i've just said like you know I think that's become a kind of almost a running theme with the records that we've been speaking about so far is that it's like fuck with those formulas like don't let
1: yeah that's how
0: it's always been so that's how it always should be like i don't think you need to do that and then this is a great example of a band getting that so right and being like, no, no, we're going to try and make music which is totally euphoric from a subgenre which is not meant to be that. Two a melding of two subgenres that are not meant to do that. And yeah, it does. It feels like a kind of oh, I'll spare you the comparison of like calling it Bond, the Bon Jovi of Black Gaze or fucking whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant. This record. Well, it, it does it's give brilliant
1: when when I listen to people who like power metal. It gives me the feeling that I think those people get from power metal, it's just without the cheese. So you know, yeah, which I which is great as far as i can You know, I, I love oh, that. Yeah.
0: yeah, imagine power metal without the cheese. There'd be nothing left. <laughs> 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 yeah, good. All right. Um, my number eight is, I guess, looking at my top albums. So I guess this is the best metal record of the year. Yeah I think it probably is breaking the trauma bond by voices in terms of metal in in its in the in the broadest sense of the word yeah i guess cuz this is and this is a metal record this is an extreme yeah. metal record definitely but it's also a lot more than that this is like we said in our review recently every single Piece of dark imagery related musical subgenre condensed into an hour and something of pitch black fucking perfection. I was just. M- When I pressed play on this record, when I first got it, and I was excited to hear it because I'd seen them live recently and I was really, really impressed. And I'd seen them live before, I think, as we said in the review that we did like a month or so ago. Very impressed with them live. Had never really paid loads and loads of attention to voices as a band. Um, Remember when London came out and thinking, oh, you know, like it wasn't really something that I was particularly listening to at the time. So it sort of passed me by a little bit. As soon as I pressed play on this, I was like, "Oh, I think I'm going to like this," and then my jaw widened a bit as the album kind of got a few tracks in, and ended up just being flat out on the floor on yeah. the first listen to it. Yeah. I was just completely floored by the entire thing because, again, you know, it just it bor like I think again, like we said in our review, it borrows so much and so perfectly brilliantly apes so many things but doesn't just ape them this is not what we're saying about public service broadcasting a moment ago where it's like look at this lovely love letter to metal and goth culture it is that but it's also kind of interweaving and melding these things together in a way that i think is is really really unique and really really brilliant and really special you know to be able to conjure up you know David Bowie in the labyrinth whilst playing a black metal song I think is fucking brilliant you know um, to be able to sound like Danzig whilst also sounding you know a little bit like Depeche Mode I think is fucking great to have typo-negative the middle point between Bauhaus linking to Emperor is fucking awesome and if you're a fan of any and all of these bands I just can't fathom a reason why you wouldn't just roll over and let this album tickle your belly because it is just (laughs) continually fucking brilliant it's really long but it never ever gets boring to me because even though ostensibly you're You're looking at um, similar types of things. I mean, this is a bleak, dark, dank, gothy-sounding extreme metal record. Mm. When you get to the end, I mean, we said it, you know, Whispers, The Widower, Kaleidoscope of Thorns, She Speaks to Him in a Dream, Photographs of a Storm Passing Overhead. That end of the record, it's so rare for a record to peak as it ends. Mm. But this does. I mean, it starts brilliantly it starts like this furious blackened goth melodrama but where it gets to when we end is the reason is the difference between this record being like 18th on my list and 8th on my list because that final third of the record is fucking spectacular spectacular and if you think you've heard a lot of great shit as it goes through to me it's when you get to the end of the record and they start throwing in these fucking like ballads and mad piano parts and huge kind of broken electronic almost new romanticy blitz kidsy sounding stuff like uh, but never losing sight of what makes them really kind of quintessentially voices that is you know those last five tracks would stack up against any any closer. I mean, it probably the best cl- finish to a record of the year. Am I think? Am I going to say that? I mean, it's it's right up there. It's right up there. Right up there. Mm. In terms of consistency and a way to end a record, sixteen tracks. You've been through a lot. To crank that to go to to up another gear,
1: mm.
0: I think is amazing. This record is brilliant. Mm. It's absolutely brilliant and for me it is the best thing that heavy metal in its myriad of different forms and subgenres has produced in 2021 i would say
1: uh it's an astonishing record um we will come to a pick that i made um uh, a little bit later that i basically was like i can either have voices or this <laughs> um, yeah. and I made that very clear to myself and I had a feeling that you would pick voices so I kind of plumped with the other thing it was very 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 difficult um, but it, this voices album is an extraordinary record and I agree completely Natalie, with everything you're saying there it's so rare that an album starts at like a nine and then gets better and better as it goes on mm. and by the time this record ends like oh my god those the, that run of those last three, four, five songs is just absolutely incredible um and the most experimental that the record gets like yeah clearly definitely
0: i think mm-hmm. mm. so there you go that's my number eight breaking the trauma bond by voices
1: okay uh my number eight is uh the comeback album from the proclaimers from hell as days get dark by arab strap um
0: uh, this is my number seven. So oh. we can kind of jointly do it if you like. Yes. Yeah.
1: Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. I will begin by talking about the comeback album as a whole. I've said it before, but we really need to start reassessing this idea that comeback albums are simply diminishing returns that piss on a band's legacy, I think. So Slow Dive by Slow Dive, Soul Invictus by Faith No More, Dream Weapon by Genghis Tron. To name another great record from this year, which I don't think made either of our lists, but it is great. Heart as a Monster by Failure. I knew I'd get you on side by saying that. Uh Black Gives Way to Blue by alice in Chains. That's just, you know, that was just a few that I listed off the top of my head when doing the notes for this, gave myself like thirty seconds. I mean, those are not just great albums, but some of them are career defining comeback albums. And I think the amount of these comeback albums that are coming out, which really don't shit on the legacy of a band are beginning to grow year on year on year and i can confidently add as days gets dark by our sprat to that list so i think it might even be the best album the scottish spoken word you have ever released um it still has the the wit and the kind of miserableness that their previous records had whilst expanding the instrumentation that they've used or whilst Retaining that lo-fi sensibility and Aidan Moffat is just a phenomenal storyteller um, just an incredible storyteller who will write songs about things that you would never imagine a band writing about in a million years about how a man in a marriage sneaks down to his computer every night while his wife is asleep and basically masturbates over pictures of her when she was younger (laughs) because he doesn't feel connected to her now and it's kind of like I don't know how many bands write about stuff like that. I I don't think any do really. And then you have the genius of Fable of the Urban Fox which I imagine you'll want to talk about so I'll I'll keep that. Or uh, Tears on Tour which had such a profound effect on me. I think the combination of Muffat's voice and what Malcolm is doing with the instrumentation on this album is just wonderful. The way that often Aiden Moffat will be some talking about something very kind of normal and and um, Mike Lee esque, and then it's backed up with just these beautiful stirring strings, or but all done in the sense that it could be done in your bedroom or something like that. It's very very lo-fi and it's really beautifully put together um i'm gonna hand over to you because i feel like i'm just covering everything at the moment
0: yeah well i mean i absolutely agree with everything that you just said there's something that is both both beautiful and seedy about this. yes movie. yes there's something that's it's really profound and yet really mundane yeah. it is a record of i think the most brilliant and spectacular yet unshowy juxtapositions and dynamics of pretty much anything that you could care to imagine in music it's um it's a massive walking contradiction this record yeah it is so dramatic and yet so just ordinary shrug like a a shrug of the shoulders at points isn't it i mean it's 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 finding really it's finding
1: beauty in the mundane isn't it yeah finding beauty in very ordinary things
0: it's that guy staring at the fucking bag in american beauty (laughs) you know what i mean it's like you just go i'm not really sure about this but okay and yeah like the music is it sounds often dank and dark and bleak but it also sounds euphoric and wonderful and rich and the, and the textures are just so like you can feel I feel like you can listen to this record you can kind of feel the the residue of it on your fingers after you finish listening to it because it's such a kind of you, you get you, you go neck deep not the pop punk band <laughs> you get kind of neck deep in its world do you know what I mean yeah. it absolutely just creates this very very confusing seedy but normal world it is properly like you say finding the 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 kind of the beauty in the the banality of people's the the sort of dark recesses of people's mind um i would say uh yeah you know tears on tour is um is fucking and again such an amazing thing to write a song about you know missing your grandmother's funeral because you're on tour you know and 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 saying it in in and totally unlaced in any kind of metaphor whatsoever i think just as bluntly delivered as Mm. it, it could possibly be just makes it it kind of takes your breath away at how bluntly those things are delivered and you know the turning of our bones another clockwork day those that kind of opening one two that establishes just this like this is where you are and there's no there's no pretense there's no metaphor there's you know it's almost it's kind of it sets these characters up as being you know a little bit sad but yet you kind of feel for them and you kind of want to be with them at the same time and when you get to the fable of the urban fox which i think would be you know we've just done our 50 songs of the year i mean i've like i said i didn't pick anything from any of the albums that are in my top 20 but that would be a very very strong contender for mm. legitimately the very 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 best song of 2021 i think it is the opposite to what i've just been saying it is this a very clear metaphor for what mm. the the song is about mm. but delivered with such scathing passion Mm. you know what I mean such like you can almost there are parts like when the bulldog comes along where you can hear the absolute repulsion in Adrian Moffat's voice um unhidden untamed unfiltered uh yeah it it, it really is like a, a the sort of song that makes you stop dead in your tracks and you know that the fucking hairs on the back of your hand will rise on the back of your neck will rise it sends a shiver down my spine every time i listen to that song i think it is absolutely essential acerbic perfect commentary on something very very close to that man's heart yeah
1: i think it's because it's delivered in such a sort of calm but clearly furious manner you know aiden moffat at no point does he like at no point on this entire record does he like raise his voice much beyond quite a gentle almost bob harris sort of lilty chat um there's occasional moments where he sings on it as well but even then it's quite gentle and lilting and yet at the same time yeah there's moments like fable of the urban fox where it's a really angry record it's really angry about the state of the nation and what's happening in the UK in particular and um, but around the world really i suppose in lots of ways um it's just it, th- this is just a beautiful record which you know one moment will make me tear up and then the next i'll be laughing at the sheer just hilarity of the lyrics I love Van um, I mean I could quote so many lyrics from this record, the, the entire mm. thing is just like one amazing book of poetry almost that you get but from another clockwork day where he's talking about free live cams left him limp the sounds of commerce, a complete turn off and the films these days with their surgery scars and bad tats and it's all stepmums and stepsisters now yeah, yeah. what the fuck's all that about <laughs> it's just fucking great you know mm. it's um i suppose it's i mean there's observational comedy and from that point of view i suppose um i don't know that of might a sort, yeah. of a sort yeah i don't i that might be that might be seen as belittling it in some way but i'm not trying to by saying that i i, I just i think it's absolute genius you know it's absolutely beautiful mm. there's that sort of poetic um alan Bennettness to it except it tends to explore even darker themes than alan bennett does
0: you know? yeah it's one of these things i listen to it and i go I'm so fucking like not, not often I go, I'm so glad I'm from Britain. But there are some times where I go, I'm really fucking glad I come from here so that I get this. Yeah. Because I wonder I, yeah. I feel I feel that it would be something that unless you are very, very seeped in British culture, some of this might pass you by. And I think that's a shame. Something like Kabolon. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean that's so when I was looking at that as I was yeah. saying it and I was like, yeah, not many people are gonna get that. It's a the great song. But but I think if you if you are obviously hugely familiar with this culture then um so much of this will hit home to you as as you know some kind of undeniable truth mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's 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 fucking wonderful this record absolutely fucking wonderful and i tell you what i am stunned that seventh between the two of us seventh is the highest that this album got right this could have quite comfortably there'd be other years in the last five years where a record if this had come out in say 2000 and uh what 2000 and i'm just gonna say 18 then but fucking dose of dreams come out then so it wouldn't have got, okay. <laughs> But, like, but like, 2000 and sort of 15 2014 this absolutely would have been the best album of the year
1: Yes, there was a brief period of time towards the beginning of the year where this was my album of the year, and mm-hmm. now it's number eight
0: on my list. It's pretty yeah. extraordinary. Um, really and it's my number seven. So As Days Get Dark by Arab Strap, Renfrey's number eight, and my number seven. Uh, what's your number seven, Renfri? Okay, doke my number seven. Uh, I suppose this is the partner
1: album to Voices that you were talking about earlier. Uh, Rivers of Nehill, The Work um okay I discovered this record quite late on it was actually after it came out I had a deluge of people contact me within a sort of 10-day period or something like that saying that I had to listen to this album and I'm so glad that I did um I was familiar with um the band beforehand but not to a great extent I knew they'd taken conjurer out on the road with them around America for their sins and the Conjure guys had very positive things to say about them. Uh, in fact, Brady was one of the people who called me and encouraged me to listen to this album in the first place. Um, but beyond that, didn't know an awful lot about them. Um, there's an incredible blend of cold, hard, clinical extremity mixed with a more human approach of more warm melodies and instrumentation on this album that I absolutely love. It sounds like a mix of the best parts of Strapping Young Lad with the best parts of Anathema when it works at its best. Sort of part progressive rock, part ambient, part gorgeous, atmospheric work, (laughs) I suppose. It all works extraordinarily well. And the band took the majority of 2020 off to write the material that would make up the album, and I think it shows. It's very... Um, complex and goes to lots of different places very very dynamic but then at the same time it all flows and feels like it's of one piece they are not a band content to simply recycle the same old tired ideas and that is really clear in this record um for a band who started out as a death metal band i mean there is still death metal elements on this album but they're It's not even the main draw Of it I don't think They sound really powerful when they go into them Because everything surrounding it But I think there's so much to this record To explore It flits between that death metal and the ambient prog Parts So seamlessly And those are two subgenres that you wouldn't really imagine Working all that well Together Death metal Mm. and ambient prog Um, (laughs) You know um, There's parts where it sounds almost death corey as well but again, it, it because it's sort of fleeting and it's only for a small moment until it then goes into something else completely different, it just works really, really well. The songwriting is top form uh, on both of those different sort of subgenres, that death metal element and the ambient prog. We both came to each other with these records that we were obsessed with at the same time. You You mm. had reviewed breaking uh breaking the trauma bond yeah um the voices record for metal hammer and i had just listened to this and we both came to each other and we're basically like oh my god you've got to hear this record's absolutely amazing blah 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 and i think I had a really hard time choosing. I think for for that reason, maybe just because they came together. I think there are similarities with the records as well. Like they don't sound the same. They're not interchangeable. They definitely don't sound the same. No, yeah. they're not interchangeable. But there are similar similarities. They're both long. They're both epic. They both feel really short um, because they're so brilliantly executed. They're both very diverse. Blah blah blah. There are def- they're both extreme records of a sort. Um, you know. So I, I feel like I kind of had both of the i would listen to both of them uh like one after the other quite a lot um and i kind of decided in the end that i could you know for that reason i could only pick one and i kind of figured that you would go with voices so i thought i'd go for rivers and E hill but fair it absolutely is worthy of its place i'm glad that we get to celebrate both of those records because they're both absolutely phenomenal pieces of work um I, I I don't know how I could choose between the two, really. Uh, well, knowing that you would choose the other one is probably the only way that I
0: could do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that I was going to yeah. pick that one, to be fair, and I figured that you would pick this as well. Yeah. Uh, so I had a little listen back to it the other day, knowing that it was going to be coming up. And I yeah. have to say, it is a grower, for sure. Like I thought it was good when I first listened to it, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is decent. It didn't hit me in the same way as... Uh, The Voices record hit me straight away, but I do think that, yeah, all the things we said in the review about it, about how kind of complex and about how catchy as well, like the riffs Mm -hmm. are so inventive and ingenious and very, very, very catchy, like really instantaneous. His voice as well, Mm -hmm. That, that Randy Blythe quality of being very, very heavy, but enunciating and every single syllable that you... You put out there i I think is is really admirable as well he's a really good vocalist and yes this album is is very good i mean i for me voices is definitely Mm -hmm. the better of the two that's fine but you know it's um it's good record this very very good very
1: very strong Mm. yeah yeah really really good record
0: Good, so that's your number seven. Yes. That's right, isn't that sorry? Which means we come to my last pick, my number six, or not my last pick, my last pick of the week, my number six record. A record which is actually written and recorded in two thousand nineteen, I found out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Since uh since which is weird because it's only been out a month and a bit, and I came to this quite late. I'm pointing out the fact that it was uh, recorded in two, at the end of 2019. There is a reason for it that I will get to in a little bit because obviously it did come out this year, so it is eligible for 2021. I've gone my number six for Hostages by Teeth Grinder. Mm. Now, those of you who have been listening to our show from the beginning will know how much I like that tom Waitsy, nick cavey-esque dark dank post-punky very very abrasive sounding thing that lots of artists on sergeant house are doing at the moment um and jay thurley who is teeth grinder um is this year's jay jail in a lot of ways last year jay jail was my number two Mm -hmm. album of the year and that was a hell of a grower as well that was, was quite a unexpected hell of yeah. a, grower. a hell of a grower and i had a couple of songs from this hostages record just because i was like Oh, it's on sergeant house that's interesting blah yeah. blah, blah and i was like wow this sounds like the sort of thing that i'm really really going to get into and when it came along i was just completely floored by it to the point where for a few weeks it was pretty much the only thing i listened to um, and wow. you've got to be in the right mindset to listen to this. And I guess I was in that particular mindset at the time. I think this record is brilliant. It features contributions from J.J.L. Uh, it features contributions from Bosk on the first song, Devil Man, which will give you some idea as to the sort of thing that we're dealing with here. Obviously, it is similar to the kind of ghost teen era Nick Cave thing. That we've been talking about the kind of skeleton tree ghost town ta- ghost team Nick cave stuff which we like a lot um it's similar to another band as well <laughs> which um i kind of have to caveat this a little bit because it does feature a contribution from alexis marshall from daughters he's on it for about two minutes i feel like i do need to say that i don't want to get too bogged down in this this was recorded in 2019 Jay Thurley has taken Alexis Marshall's name off of his Bandcamp page. I'm looking at it now. So I'm assuming that he doesn't really want this album to be associated with Alexis Marshall. That's absolutely and completely understandable. Um, I'm not taking this album out of my top 20 on the basis of two minutes that somebody who, you know, contributed to it. Um, that's not fair on Jay Thurley, who recorded this record two years ago. Um Presumably under the impression that the person that he was working with was uh, a stand-up guy. He's, like I say, obviously taking his name off of the Bandcamp page now. So I would imagine uh, he's not that chuffed <laughs> that his work has been um, kind of associated with the the, the recent behaviour that we found out from Alexis Marshall. I just wanted to say that because obviously it's quite hard to talk about a record like this and not mention you won't get what you want by Daughters. And mm. obviously at the moment, mm. that's quite a difficult thing to negotiate and navigate but the fact of the matter is that was a very very influential record and and it's a record that we've spoken about a lot so for us to suddenly go oh hey you know like we're gonna airbrush it from history and just never mention it Mm. we can't really do that but at the same time i don't want this and me putting this record at number six to just be me explaining why you, you know how i've managed to kind of come to that what moral decision i don't even think it is a moral decision what's jay Thurley done he's done nothing wrong oh. he shouldn't be just coined with that but it's quite hard to, to talk about this record and not mention you won't get what you want because there are so many sonic similarities between it in terms of the music and for what it's worth i fucking love this style of music whether it be that kind of tom Waitsy thing that nick cave thing this has a heavier almost more metallic feel to it than something like jay gel that bosk bring to it um i think it also has a bit more weirdly considering jay thurley is scottish there's a lot of kind of americana when you get to the last track stare at the ground which is fucking haunting creeping grinding almost but it does sound like it, it sounds like a scene from no country for old men yeah do you know what i mean it's got that kind of cormac mccarthy um i know martin martin is irish but he writes a lot of very you know stuff set in america yeah, yeah yeah but but you know like it's got that kind of outlaw country feel to it which i really really fucking love and i think there's there's so much on this record which just reminds me of you know like kill bill part two and you know, and you know the 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 seven psychopaths and mm-hmm. no country for old men and three billboards outside Epic, missouri and all those kind of films that do have that really kind of gritty americana feel to it and he's from the east coast of scotland jay Thurley. but he has that ragged ripped whiskey soap tonality to his voice this is thumpingly bass heavy it has chiming weirdly unsettling guitars uh it's that thing that you liked do you know what I mean if you're sitting here listening and you're like oh I like JJ and I like Nick cave and I like you know the the many things that you've brought up the you know, the that, that, not the current Emma Ruth Rundle album but maybe the one before it mm-hmm. that stuff that you liked this is a really kind of cool gum that kind of uh not not gum what do they chew tobacco chewing Mm. Sort of version of that. Very unsettling, very dark. But I mean, I'm just a fucking mark for this type of thing, and this record has really, really got its claws into me. Yeah, in a
1: big way. I think it's maybe more unsettling than some of those things that you mentioned. Mm. Certainly, the Emma Ruth Rundle record, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it is, uh, truthfully, it was one of those records that I listened to and I was like, well, I can tell that this is great, but I'm not really in a place for it right now. Um, I've mm-hmm. kind of got enough going on <laughs> without this sort of dark oppressiveness uh, on top of me. It kind of, um, you know, the way that you found the Masters on Record, Hushed and Grimm, like a little bit yeah. much at times, um, yeah. that times 10 for this record, it was really, really... Uh, it is very abrasive in lots of ways, even though it isn't abrasive in a traditional sense. It's heavy without necessarily being sonically heavy, but it is very oppressive. It's, it's an incredible achievement. I'm going to confess, I just assumed that he was American. I didn't know he was Scottish until you said it now, um, unless you mentioned it in the review. But I, I, I didn't actually know that. Um, th- but there's definitely that strong Americana bent to it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's an extraordinary record, which doesn't sound quite like anything else. I mean, those comparisons that you've made made are all valid, but it does still very much have its own identity.
0: I think it does. Yeah, and I think that's the best ones of of that exactly. type of thing. That kind of Sergeant House thing. Yeah, that is, you know, like post-punky, very kind of chromey, bleak sounding music. But this is for me it's as good as this gets at the moment i think it's certainly the best example that i've heard of it this year uh i really really do love this record a lot i think it's fucking brilliant fucking brilliant but you know um I'm a sicko, what can I say?
1: Yeah, would you recommend sitting down and uh, putting this on with the family whilst tucking into the Christmas Christmas turkey?
0: (laughs) Absolutely not, no, 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 no.
1: yeah that would be pretty that would be a pretty miserable christmas um should we do my sixth pick and then get the hell out of here sounds like a Let's. Idea, doesn't it? okay um this is my favorite metal record of the year because i think uh no i'm looking at it everything in my top five i don't think any of it you would technically term as metal, the stuff that's on the fringes of metal and stuff like that, but I wouldn't say they are metal records. Uh, Etamon Ayanka by Dune, one that you have already picked, Mm -hmm. and uh, conveniently I went to see them last night, supporting Bosk, and I'm very, very pleased to um, report that they can do all this live as well, and it sounds fucking immense. Um, I was watching them in the garage, and I was a bit like, well, this is probably what it felt like watching mastodon on remission or leviathan or something like that this is fucking wicked um there are plenty of bands who do what dune do mastodon is one which does come up quite a lot i suppose i suppose it's almost like a uh shorthand for this kind of thing the but there are very very few who do it as well as dune do it that is that progressive riffy sludgy stoner doom thing but Edmund Nienka really stood out when it was released in April this year um, my list is really quite full of progressive metal um, this year It there, there are a lot of uh, I mean, this particular episode that we've done, I would argue that four of my five picks are metal albums, I think the only one that isn't is Arab Strap um, I think, you know, metal has had a really brilliant year this year overall, um, but for me this album is the best and the freshest one of the lot Beating, you know, I've had names like Rivers of the Hill, Mastodon, Ruins of Beveras, and Gujira. I think this album is better than all of those. Uh, the sound that you can up is so warm and inviting. It's those meaty riffs and spindly Mastodon-style leads mixed with the dynamics and electronics of deft tones. And then imbued with this mysticism of Tool, which is just pretty much a recipe for my favourite band ever. Um... But do you have a drive to them as well, which means they never meander or wander unnecessarily, despite the fact that this record is sixty-seven minutes long, it never feels like it's that long. It feels epic, but this is like a forty-minute record to me. You know, it feels like it goes by in half the time. It's engaging throughout its whilst what well, throughout its runtime, um, and I think that's partly down to the instrumentation being so broad. The synths really add. To that sense of expanse without ever sounding like they're taking anything away from the song as you could argue they debatably do on Mastodon's hushed and grim for example um, they feel like an essential part of the song as opposed to just mere sort of textual decorations and then the technical intricacies of this band are rather than sounding noodly and chin strokey they actually are quite transportative they give it a sense of momentum which means the band can lay back and do these more jam like orientated grooves without my interest waning in the slightest um the way that the band used near silence on this album is awe-inspiring there are multiple moments on the on the record where i go is it over And then, like, a minute later, I hear something just gradually burbling out of the speakers. It's absolutely... And and I I fall for that every time. And I've listened to this record 60, 70 times this year, I would argue, probably. Um, You pointed it out already when you chose it in your... When you picked it in your list. But Omega Severa is Mm -hmm. one of the best songs in this genre ever. Be the best one of the best metal songs ever.
0: Fucking amazing.
1: If Tool put their name to that, I think both of us would be like, that is an absolutely phenomenal Tool song, you know? Mm-hmm. It's got that um I mean the guest vocal from Lisa Robertson really needs to be shouted out. That incredible wailing thing. It is it is the knife party thing that Deftones do, but just done in a different kind of With different textures and a different environment, but my god, it sounds. Why
0: it? it, It's great. Gig in the sky. Let's give it. Let's take it back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Initially, and it was. I mean, that's the, that's the sort of genesis of all of those things. I think. But I would. I mean, I don't know which one of those three I prefer. And you're talking about Knife Party by Deftones and the Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd. I mean, that's how fucking good that little spot is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And like I say,
1: I'm really happy. I mean they were a really phenomenal they were phenomenal last night i won't go into sort of a review or anything like that but um they were given 50 minutes and bosk only had an hour so it almost felt like a co-headline in lots of ways and you know i i like that they were absolutely amazing like they, they really can do this live and i see no reason i I was really happy to see the urn album get up high in lots of lists i was a little disappointed that this album didn't seem to um get that praise either but it really deserves it i mean this is an absolutely phenomenal piece of work um easily the best metal album of the year for me i kind of feel like if we were to do a joint riot act best metal album of the year would we maybe maybe plump for this one Uh,
0: yeah i mean it's the only one i think that's got into the only thing as far as i'm aware that has got into both of our lists yeah from the sort of metal world
1: i kind of like the idea of having a podium with dune at the top voices one side and rivers and neil the other side you know like like i think those three records are a really strong indicator of where metal is in 2021 or what metal can be and this is the thing that we moan about isn't it the thing i moan about the the invisible restrictions that are put on it and there's just no sense of that on either of those records um but the way that dune have done it and it's their second album I mean, God, there, sh- there should be. Fingers crossed, there should be a lot more to come from them, from this band, and I. Yeah. Th- to me, that is incredibly exciting. Um, th- for me, this is easily the best metal album of the year in a year that has actually had some really fucking good metal stuff. Definitely, outside. it
0: has been a very good year for metal. and That's why it's so sad to see fucking shit like Spirit Box getting <laughs> like the big push. Do you know what I mean? and iron people still talk about that fucking iron maiden album like mm. like it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to music <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to music I, I, both uh, no no both it's in the, the top spirit seven though isn't it yeah.
1: <laughs> the spirit box record and the main record i i don't mind either of those records but to put either of them in a kind of top 20 when when this sort of thing is happening is is a shame i will
0: say like yeah yeah. i think it is yeah personally i don't i mean you know i got no beef with most of the things that have ended up getting you know the Gajira record is really good it's in your top 20 it's a Gajira record it's really good i'm happy to see that at number one i mean you know i think trivium were number two i'm more than happy to see that at number two on the metal hammer list has got employed to serve in the top five for hammer um, every time I die was Kerrang's album of the year can never be upset to hear every time I die yeah. be you know one of the, the I wasn't the best upset but year. I was surprised I was a little bit surprised yeah. and I think I think if you love every time I die and I think the difference between you and I I think we are go, going. we said we were going to go after this but we're obviously onto something <laughs> else to now. I think if um, the difference is I think for me i love every time i die and i love that new record and they were on my spotify wrapped they were my most listened to artist of the year every time i die so i fucking love every time i die but you know i think that record is a good a, is more great every time i die and yeah yeah exactly it's never gonna have the same impact on me as gut phenomenon or the big dirty did when i first heard no. it you know yeah. it's just not good yeah. it just it, it can't, it won't, they won't, that won't ever happen again, and so for me, I am like, yeah, but then I guess if a lot of younger people are coming through, just sort of discovering the band for the first time, and they hear, um, you know, they they hear that record, as the first record yeah. they hear from the band, they're going to go, oh my fucking god, this yeah. is incredible, yeah. which they might, you know, that might be, that may be a thing, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, I think overall, metal has had a really, really, really strong year, really strong, and, you know, it's just that we are still I think the things that still get pushed or the things that still seem to resonate with the most amount of people I still don't really get it in the main really but you know eh, what and, you gonna do? and it means that stuff like this and the the albums that we'll be talking about next week uh, get lost a little bit anyway um, there you go that is our Number 10 to number 6 next week. 5 to 1, the five best albums of the year, according to Remfry and I. Just before we go, um, we'll also be talking about the albums that didn't quite make it as well. We'll be giving some shout-outs to the other best albums of 2021. Um, just to run down 10 to 6 before we go, in case you want to go and listen to them if you missed any of them. My 10 to 6 is number 10, Last 10 Seconds of Life by Voronoi. Number 9, Bright Magic by Public Service Broadcasting. Number 8, Breaking the Tra- Trauma Bond by Voices. Number seven, As Days Get Dark by Arab Strap. And number six, Hostages by Teeth Grinder. Renfrey, if you'd like to do the
1: same. Uh, My number 10 was Serpent and Spirit. Number nine, Diorama by Mole. Number eight, As the Days Get Dark by Arab Strap. Number seven, The Work by Rivers of Nihil, And number six, Etamon Ienka by Dune. That's D V N E. D V N E. -E. by the way. Like the
0: book, right? Or something? No. Uh, Okay. I thought it was at the bit. All right, no, anyway. You... anyway, look, we'll be back we'll be back next week where we will be crowned both of us have got Royal Blood at number one, by the way. So <laughs> if you don't if you can't be bothered to tune in next week, uh both of us picked Royal Blood for the number one album of the year. Um uh, can you imagine? Uh no Being I the can't. best troll No, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone putting that in the top three hundred, to be honest. But there we go. I can imagine anyway, someone uh, who's
1: only listened to three records uh put it in their top
0: I'd still, if I just the three records this year, it would be it would be number four behind <laughs> the other two records, whatever they were, and the sound of me sighing at the end of the <laughs> Royal Blood album would be number three. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Have a lovely time. Um, have a lovely Christmas week week before Christmas in it, and we'll be back just literally just before Christmas twenty third. Give I think. you yeah to give you our, our top five. See you then. Bye bye.